Remember the great toilet paper shortage of 2020 that made you wish that phone books were still a thing? Now even baby formulas in short supply. What's next? Trash bags? Toothpaste? Laundry detergent? We have all these items and more at pre-pandemic pricing. Visit Envision.Supply, where every purchase supports those who are blind and visually impaired through employment and rehabilitative services. Wholesale with the heart. That's us, Envision.Supply. Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today, I am joined by former Amazon leader, and he is an author. His name is John Rossman. John played a role in creating the Amazon market business. He also has written a book series called The Amazon Way, and he shows people how to leverage the Amazon leadership principles to innovate, compete, and win in the digital era. So, John Rothman, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Curtis. Well, why don't you start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I mean, teed it up pretty pretty great there. So, I'm a management consultant today. I work across most all industries helping businesses and leadership teams understand how they are going to um, add to their existing business to grow, reinvent, innovate, and really dial into what their digital transformation is. I also do keynote speaking, and I've written three different books, kind of borrowing from my time at Amazon. But I always say like the books are not about Amazon. They're about what you can take from a company like Amazon and apply into your own uh, business and culture. And I write a, a newsletter every week called the Digital Leader Newsletter. You can find it on Substack. And it's a newsletter for strategists, innovators, and change agents. And I, I kind of deliver every week, uh, hopefully, helpful insight and technique to help you be better at making change happen. Well, kind of tell us about your time at Amazon. You know, tell us about starting the marketplace and why you feel that Amazon is a company that people can take lessons from. Yeah. So I was at Amazon from early 2002 through late 2005, got to launch and scale the marketplace business. So the marketplace business is third-party sellers selling at Amazon versus Amazon being the first-party seller as a retailer. And the marketplace business is 58% of all units shipped and sold from Amazon. So it's a massive business today. It has over 2 million sellers on the platform. And when I left Amazon in late 2005, started working with a number of my clients on digital strategies and innovation. One of my clients was the, the Gates Foundation in Seattle. And it was several years after I left Amazon. And one of the leaders there pulled me aside and said, oh, you do a nice job of kind of taking the little anecdotes and strategies from Amazon and delicately inserting them into our business. And he suggested that I should write a book about it. And I had never thought about it really 
before that time. And the smartest thing I did was talk him into being my partner on these books. And so we, we just released the third edition of the Amazon Way just about a year ago. And it's really kind of the story of the Amazon leadership principles and my time at Amazon and is a nice lightweight read um, about the leadership principles and, and kind of the getting going book about some of the interesting facets of Amazon. But to your question about like, well, why do I think that these are interesting? I think, I truly think that Amazon is the most interesting company of the digital era. And I think they're the most interesting company of the digital era, not because of what they do, but because of how they do it. Like, how do they go about both operating at such scale and precision and continue to innovate in small ways and big ways? Most companies don't aren't able to do that at the scale that Amazon does. And it truly starts with these leadership principles because it creates an environment that is faster moving, smaller teams, more accountability, more calculated risk taking, and you know, with the customer kind of always being at the center of everything you do. And again, not that these are the right tenants or principles for everybody else, but thinking through them, well, what are our correct leadership principles? How do we hold ourselves accountable? How do we make decisions? How do we think about long-term versus short-term results? Those are some of the areas that these leadership principles tackle. And they're, they're so tangible. They're so real. They're, they're, they're better than having principles like, you know, do the right thing or something like that because they're broken down and they're substantiated so much more. And so, I, I know for a fact, um, teams and people that think through these things and come up with both their perspective on it, as well as then, well, what's the supporting mechanism? Like, what's the activity that we do that helps us understand this principle and get better at it as a habit? Those can really um, have a huge impact in the business. In, in the book, The Amazon Way, I write an appendix about building your leadership principles. So I, I give my take on how I would, how I actually have worked with companies on building their tenants and, and leadership principles. And, you know, that's why I think they, they can make an impact kind of, you know, for both small companies and big companies and companies in, in any industry. Well, before I ask the next question, I would like to take this time to thank you for playing a role in creating the Amazon market because my company actually is on the Amazon market and I am an e-commerce customer service rep and I deal with Amazon all day. Oh, fantastic. That's really cool. That's a great story. Absolutely. So thank you and all the others that worked on the uh, Amazon marketplace. So tell us what digital transformation is. Ex explain to the audience what that means. Yeah, well, what a, what a seemingly simple question, but I think that is, you know, really good topic. So digital transformation for me, like, well, what does being digital mean, right? So if we're going to transform to digital, what is what does digital mean? And a lot of, there's a lot of right answers to this, but a lot of companies like, oh, it's about, you know, our e-commerce business, or it's about mobile technology or cloud technology. And I think digital transformation, being digital is, is not any of those things. I think being digital is about having two core attributes as 
an organization that both your customers and your partners would recognize you by, but internally you go, yes, this is, this is kind of how we operate. And I think the first attribute is the attribute of speed. And if you think about what speed is, speed is about highly efficient motion and results that you want to get. That is, in, in a business context, speed is operational excellence and leveraging digital technologies and, and modern techniques in order to always be striving for better operating results. The other attribute is the attribute of agility. A digital company is a company that knows how to experiment. And so if you think about what agility is, agility is the the attribute of being able to sense and make change happen, sometimes small change, sometimes big change. And so being a digital company is really about recognizing like, oh, we have to have both of these playbooks. We have to be both a great operating company and company that is systematic about how we explore new opportunities and and are innovating and testing. So that starts the answer of what is digital transformation. Now, I think the question is, well, why do most companies fail at their digital transformation? I think BCG has a study that 70% of all digital transformations, digital strategies don't deliver the benefits that they expect. And, and so you have to answer, ask yourself the question, why? Why would companies keep pursuing this if the odds of success are so low? And I, and I think the answer is because they know they need to change. They know they need to compete differently, but doing it is really hard. They really don't know, know what it is. And I think the answer to that lies is that it takes a interdisciplinary understanding of leadership, culture, strategy, and techniques that's really calibrated into who you are and and what you want your company's future to be and to some degree what your heritage is. And then understanding the little changes that you can make in order to impact leadership, culture, strategy, and techniques. Oftentimes what happens in companies is they really focus on just one or two of those topics, right? Like, oh, we're going to come up with strategies and we're going to use technology as our key technique. Well, that you can have some success with that, but if you don't truly change how leaders operate, how strategy is set, how investments are made, and if you create a culture where Perhaps your company is used to, you know, like, hey, we're operators. We always have success in things. And, and well, that, that's the type of culture that absolutely destroys an, an innovation um, type of environment. And so, yeah, really have to think through and calibrate to all of those factors to be successful at digital transformation. Well, this next question is a two-part question. The, the first part is, what is the most important strategy to take away from Amazon? And the second part is why is customer obsession the first leadership strategy of Amazon? Yeah, the first one is really difficult because it would I would say I would argue a it's probably not just one leadership principle or idea from Amazon that's important, and, and two is it's it's situational relative to to you know your situation and your ownership structure and who your customers are and how you want to compete, but one of the universal 
things that I find in companies. So one of the leadership principles is about invent and simplify. And what I always found is interesting is that the and simplify piece is recognized that the leadership principle to be as hard and as important as inventing. Inventing sounds really difficult to do. You know, you have to be really smart, but you know, simplifying is simple. Well, actually it turns out simplifying is not simple at all. And that's either in creating great customer experiences and in your own internal operations and simplifying your processes, your policies, your data flows, your jobs, your organization structures, all of those things is the absolute essential work to do to truly be able to scale your business. And so I think one of the things universally I find is that complexity is, I think, one of the core issues facing management today. And they don't understand what's value-added complexity versus non-value-added complexity and how do we go about resetting and putting ourselves on a path where we are creating simpler uh, operating models and approaches to our work so that we can truly become more efficient over time. So that's that's an example of one, one leadership principle, some of the strategies and learnings behind it, and how it might apply within a company. And so your, your second question was about customer obsession. Can you, sorry, I've got a short memory. Can you tell, ask me that question again? Yeah. Why is customer obsession <clears throat> one of the first leadership principles at Amazon? Yeah, it, it is the listed as the first leadership principle. I think it's the most famous and to some degree, the most universal, but, you know, customer being truly intent, which is what obsession means, like being willing to do really hard things in order to satisfy your customers has a ton of benefits kind of behind it, right? It forces you to operate better. You're going to be more curious about who your customer is, how you might be able to serve them broader And that will give you insights into how to grow, how to expand, how to innovate. And the other, one of the other great benefits of being truly customer obsessed is that you're not focusing on yourself, your organization, your internal, you know, policies, politics, whatever it is. And so when you can debate things and evaluate things from the perspective of the customer, that helps to prioritize and overshadow other things that would come up if, if, if that were a void. So there's a ton of benefits of truly obsessing about your, your, your customer in the business. And, and I think it's one of the real hallmarks of most companies that are really becoming better at competing in the digital era is they have a very strong orientation towards exactly who, who is their customer how does their customer, how do they satisfy their customer? What, what goes on with their customer kind of upstream and downstream from the exact product or service that they're providing today and has some hypotheses about how they may be able to become more essential to that customer and they're figuring out how to test those hypotheses. Talk about why a future press release is important for innovation. Yeah, so um, the broader concept is that writing versus building PowerPoint or just getting together and talking about things, writing is a far superior way of both thinking through complex topics, scenarios, proposals, 
as well as gaining other people's inputs and clarifications and contributing to that concept. And, you know, so it's the best experimentation approach you can do, which is writing and debating, you know, what your proposal, what your idea is. A future press release is one of the techniques that used at Amazon that as part of that writing philosophy, it announces a big accomplishment, not at the point of launch, but sometime after launch, you know, a year or two after launch. And you always are very explicit about why did your customers love this new product, new service, new capability. So that you can really understand like what's the killer feature or capability that allowed you to win in the marketplace with it. And then you talk about well, what were the hard things we had to do in order to accomplish it? You don't, you don't necessarily outline how you solve for those things. You just start getting on the paper like, oh, here's the big risk. Here's the, the things we're going to have to figure out. Maybe the uncomfortable topics that we're going to have to come around to so that you're starting to gain understanding and communicate effectively to others in your organization about what this mission is. This press release is not intended an actual press release, right? And so, so these are used really as a communication tool of a simple version of what your project and proposal is. Explain how Amazon went from a online bookseller to a multi-sided business that it is today. Well, that's a, that's a, like the story of mankind there, right? Like that's a, it's a big story. And I think there's probably a lot of factors of how they did that. But I think the simplest way to tell that story is really through the, the lens that we were just talking about, which is around, you know, customers and being willing to invent and simplify. And Amazon was just always intent that, you know, whatever today's business is, that doesn't define how we serve customers in the future. And they were willing to build and, ta and tackle hard topics in order to serve their customers better and provide better service, better capabilities, and a better value proposition relative to it. And that, you know, so one, one additional version of that is, you know, this concept of friction. And what friction is, is friction is all the little things that you, you ask your customers or your employees, or your partners to do, because you haven't quite perfected the, the experience, your product, your service today. So for example, you know, asking your customers to re-enter their information or retell their their information between you know two different customer service reps. Well that that's an example of friction. It's a little thing that we ask customers to really Amazon's now 27, 28 year history is I think just this continuous sequence of reducing friction so that customers are more delighted, have more control, have more selection, better price, better convenience relative to, you know, getting the things that they want to get. And they, Amazon has just always been willing to think freshly and 
tackle those hard topics that most others just kind of give up on or don't even see the opportunity in. But throw out your contact information so that way people can check out your newsletter and check out the Amazon Way book series, your website, your social media links, all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, the simplest way is just get in touch with me at LinkedIn, John Rossman, or, you know, the Amazon ways at Amazon and Kindle paperback and Audible. And you can find the Digital Leader Newsletter on Substack or just Google the, the Digital Leader Newsletter and it'll come up. And I, I, I love to hear from people and and always willing to have a conversation. Well, close us out with some final thoughts and, and also tell us how long the Amazon marketplace has actually been around. Well, the Amazon marketplace has been around since 2000. We launched in November of 2002. And actually, one of the digital leader newsletters I just released two years ago was about that. And it was titled The Amazon Marketplace, The Beginning of the End or Just the End of the Beginning. And it kind of gives a breakdown of, of what the marketplace dynamics are today and is does there continue to be a great opportunity for brands to participate in the Amazon marketplace or has it has it aged and is it losing its luster and growth opportunity and i won't i won't give what the answer is there but it's a pretty good quick analysis of what the opportunity is and and how i'd think about you know participating in it and whatnot well, before we let you go, do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Well, you know, <laughs> releasing good newsletter every week is definitely work. Um, I've got a couple of really interesting client assignments about um, some great fresh thinking on, you know, some innovation ideas. And I framing out another book about digital transformation and how to succeed at it. So I've got a a variety of really interesting work from my perspective that I'm doing today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, John Rossman, be sure to check out that Amazon Way book series and his newsletter. He's got some real good tips and tricks on how to be a great leader. And he, I sure appreciate you stopping by, John, to share your expertise. Listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, and share this episode to everybody you know. And Android listeners, go to the Google Play and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. John Rossman, thank you so much for joining us today. Curtis, thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.